Come with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Nightmare. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another hot day in the city. Yes, 90 degrees, believe it or not. Was it, it was like two weeks ago we had snow or something. Yeah, we were freezing. Freezing yeah, to death. Yeah, <laughs> Welcome to New England. Anyway, so we got a great show with us today. And uh, for those who were expecting for us to reveal the results of the EVP experiment, uh, um, the EVP samples that the panel had given us uh, last week, was it last weekend? Yeah. Yes, last yeah. week. Uh, we're going to hold that off till the 16th so that uh, the people who saw that on TV can also get the results as well. So you'll just have to hold on a little bit on that. And I do also want to mention as well, you can take part in uh, the worldwide EVP experiment that we're doing on 5.5 at 5.55. And you just have to log into my uh, Facebook page, Ronald Kolick, of course, and I will go live, and all you need is your little recorder. And uh, it's only going to take you five minutes and 55 seconds. So there you go. And uh, the results will be analyzed by uh, uh, Steve Parsons, of course, uh, from Parascience in, in the UK, and uh, also my partner in this Periscope venture. So, anyways, 555. I know, yeah. Five five at five fifty five. There you go. There you go. To me and bring your recorder and see what happens. So we have somebody on the show tonight who, as long as I've been doing paranormal, I've known her name for sh- for sure. I would say like to say you know that she's been around for a long time, but I can't say that because she is a lady, a, a young lady, and uh, so therefore I want to say she's a very prolific, prolific. Prolific. Thank you. Right. So without further ado, let me introduce to you a author, paranormal author, researcher of fiction and nonfiction, or author of nonfiction fiction, Marie D. Jones. Hello. Were you implying that I'm old? See, that's why I didn't say that. <laughs> yeah. I said you're a pro-lipper. Oh, no. you're, you're such a gentleman. That that was a good save. Yeah. <laughs> But honestly, I, I, I've always come across your books as long as I'm searching the paranormal. And, you, and you've got so many on, on all different subjects. I mean, uh, how do you do it? That's, <laughs> oh, brother. <laughs> um, well, I mean, the <clears throat> interesting thing is I never really intended to write nonfiction books. I started out when I was really young writing short stories, and I wanted to write novels many eons ago, back when the dinosaurs, (laughs) and then I I was writing screenplays. I just really kind of stumbled onto nonfiction. Um, I think my first book was done about 2004, so you do the math, Um, and, and for some reason it just took off. So I just kept doing it. It's like, oh, <laughs> they well, want to read more books? Okay. Perfect. 
Yeah, and obviously, when you're writing nonfiction and you have to research and spend so much time, you obviously want to do it about something that you are interested in. And for me, it was, I love science. I mean, I I like a lot of things, but, you know, I always like the paranormal, and I've always loved science, and I really wanted to kind of explore how the two kind of intersect. What's your background, Ray? Uh, a writer. I literally have been writing. No, but growing um, up, high school. You know, I mean, I've been publishing, a published writer since high school. Oh wow! Um, wow. I went to college for uh, journalism. Okay, so I dropped out after two years because I was professionally writing, and and I've been writing ever since. So uh, I mean, magazine articles, movie reviews, you name it, anything. I worked for different companies, writing for them. I've written. Over 150 gift books. I just did a wow. lot of writing. So, but I mean, but, but you know, I mean, I had a real job now and then, but I have not had, <laughs> had not had a real job since, um, gosh, before my son was born. So maybe, uh, gosh, the late 1990. I would say the year 2000. So I mean, you, all these books are on paranormal. Were you intrigued by the paranormal? Did you grow up watching, you oh, know, the X Files or something like that? No, I grew up. Uh, I grew up in New York in a, a little sort of not rural, but a little suburban community, not in the city. And we had woods and a lake behind our house. And I, you know, I must have been three or four years old when I told everyone that I saw Bigfoot back there. I don't know where that came from. It was probably just, you know, a neighbor or something. But I believed in UFOs at that age. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, maybe came from a past life. But That's funny. ever since I was young, I was telling ghost stories. And I, I loved to read ghost stories. I was obsessed with UFOs and aliens and going to Mars and all this kind of stuff. So it's always been there. But I can't honestly tell you that anything ever happened. Okay. Uh, you know, like I don't remember being abducted as a kid or seeing a ghost when I <laughs> well, was five. Still hope. I really still hope, don't. You know. <laughs> no, still hope. I know. You might not necessarily know. remember being abducted, but oh, it could have happened, right? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and it's funny because I think back now to dreams that I had when I was little that I still remember vividly and, you know, have never really felt were dreams. And one of them involved seeing a little gray uh, peeking through our garage door window back at me. And I, I must have been six, seven years old when I had that dream. Wow. And it has always stayed in my head as being, you know, one of those sort of red flags like, you know, this may not have been a dream. <laughs> right. Like, why else but would you remember it father, all these years later, right? I know, I know, because really, how many dreams from your childhood do you yeah. remember? Exactly. Actually, you know? I, I remember one vividly that I had, a, it was a reoccurring dream, and, and it was a, a demon or the devil. And I can tell you vividly what happened. And like I said, right. I've seen this so many times. So there are, there are instances. So that's a good point, though. Maybe there was something. Oh, that, don't ignore that. That's just Cal Cooper calling from oh, telephone. He's calls early. Dead. Tell him yeah. Every time we're on the air, he likes to call in and just try to get on, but we don't listen to him. But <laughs> anyway. 
also, uh, <laughs> tell I, them we're I, busy. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a trick. Because, but here's something. Yeah, I mean, right. I think like your your recurring dream, it, it, it that had to have meant something, mm-hmm. whether it was a literal experience that you were having or you know, some symbolic subconscious thing um, to be able to remember that, though. Mm-hmm. When right. you don't remember a million other dreams, you know, mm-hmm. why that one? Mm. I, so, yeah. yeah, but so I've loved this stuff since I was little. My father, uh, he died a few years ago. He was a scientist, oh. and he was really into UFOs. Oh, wow. I mean, really. <laughs> Not <laughs> Something that could be talked about, you know, um, openly, especially back then. But the funny thing is, is that a lot of his colleagues, when they would come to, like, they'd come to our house and they'd play poker and they'd sit around the kitchen table drinking beer. And I would go sit at the bottom of my dad's chair, just kind of listen. They were talking about UFOs. I mean, we're talking about astrophysicists, oceanographers, geologists. My father was a geophysicist. So to hear them talk about UFOs was just the oddest thing. So I grew up just thinking that it was all it was all normal. It was all part of the same experience of reality, um, just one we understood a lot more of than the other science, you know. Well, no wonder you're writing these books. No. <laughs> yeah, but I got to tell you, it's so funny because I have a couple of different publishers. And um, so right now I'm writing a book called Celebrity Ghosts and Notorious Haunting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, and it's really fun. Mm-hmm. But I rack my brain com- trying to come up with new things that I either haven't written about or my colleagues like, you know, Nick Redfern's got the UFO stuff locked mm-hmm, up and mm-hmm. David Weatherly's got the, you know, the um, shadow people and the black eyed kids. And there, there's so many writers that I know that are just, you know, they have their um, expertise and it's like, wow, I'm running out of things in the paranormal field to write about that <sighs> there either aren't people out there writing better, you know, that I just so look up to these people or that I haven't already explored. And I wonder, you know, that has to mean something in the bigger picture for the field of paranormal study. Have we reached sort of a a dead end right Uh, now? (laughs) I hope not. Marie, I have to tell you this, that when I first became involved in the paranormal um, back around, it was like 2006-ish, the very first book that I bought was your book, uh, Science, and it's, it's P-S-I-N-S, right. if anybody is looking around for that book. I have that book on my shelf, too. And I love that, that book. You have that That was my baby. 2000. Yeah, it was published in, 2000. <laughs> in 2007, and... I was fascinated because it it just talks about, like, different dimensions. It talks about uh, the theory of everything, uh, toe. Yeah. And I – so, yeah, it was my very first book. So when Ron said, you know, you were coming on tonight, and I I know I think we've had you on in the past too, um, I was excited. I'm like, oh, my God, I have the book. (laughs) You know, there's a really cool story behind that. So, so right, that was like my first real book. 
before that, I had written in kind of just a sort of spiritual fun book called Looking for God in All the Wrong Places. It's just sort of a collection of um, essays, you know, with a lot of humor. And it just really went nowhere, but it got me my agent, Lisa Hagen, who is still my book agent today. Wow. So when Lisa said to me, you know, okay, what do you want to write about? We're, we're going to go to bigger publishers now. And I said, and I had been talking to my dad on the phone all the time about quantum physics and the paranormal. And my dad was like, you know, well, you parallel universes and this, 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 this. And I was like, oh, my God, oh, my God, this is so cool. I want to write about this. Mm-hmm. So I put together the proposal for science. I gave it to Lisa, and she was like, oh, my God, you know, nobody's going to buy this because you're not a scientist. You're not a Ph.D. But oh. she really loved the book and totally believed in it. And we, I think we sent it out a few places, and, you know, they just were, like, clueless. But within three months, we got a book deal with New Page Books. Oh, yeah. And I ended up writing, like, uh, 12 more books with them or something, and they mm-hmm. just got bought out by Red Wheel Wise. Right. They're, they're my, they're oh, my yeah. books. Are all with them. Yeah, they're my books. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. are they? Oh, so we're, we're – we're, what do you call it? Shelf mates? Or? I guess we are. <laughs> Publishing mates. So what mates. was so cool is that I didn't have – any background to write that book, but I was just so excited and passionate about it that it we, we managed to get it to you know and and that book so many people have said was the first time they were ever exposed to oh, wow. thinking about ghosts and UFOs and whatever mm-hmm. you know in in different ways and I was so excited about that and again a lot of that came from. My dad, from a scientist, saying, you know, here are some possible links that may one day explain this stuff. Maybe not right now, but <laughs> this is where research needs to go. So that was just a really cool project. And that's, and that's awesome. And I'm sure that part of its success was your passion, I mean, I think when people I think so. <laughs> when people have yeah. when people are passionate about things, they want to know more. They want to learn everything about that subject and they become an expert on that subject because of their passion. So I don't yeah. I don't think it really matters whether you are a scientist or a doctor or or whatnot. Yeah, and I, I'm glad because I had my dad to bounce say, am I, you know, am I um, interpreting these theories or whatever uh, correctly? And I mean, I I was speculating. A lot of it, of course, is pure speculation, but I wanted to make sure that the the descriptions of the science were right. So Mm -hmm. a couple of years later, my dad and I wrote a book together called Super Volcano. And that's one of his, you know, that was one of his fields of expertise. Now on that one, you know, we needed that scientist on board because even though I knew a lot about it, mm-hmm. he just, you know, that book, all of the, the technical stuff is, it had to have come from somebody in that field. And that was a really cool experience. I think that was my third or fourth book and uh, 2013 was in there somewhere. And then I wrote 1111, which was my first book with Larry Flaxman. Yeah, you've written a few with Larry. Yeah, and it's being re-released next year with new 
new information, new stuff. Oh, really? Oh, that, Red that's Wheel cool. Wiser. Yeah. yeah. When Red uh, Wheel took it over from New Page, they were like, let's, you know, put out some of your older books with some new content. It's like, that would be awesome. <laughs> so is 1111 uh, like a, a new morality kind of situation? T- what, time, what kind of book is that? Trump phenomenon. Yeah. I have that book. That's a great book, actually. Oh, yeah. Well, how, here's how it started. Okay, I didn't have a clue what the heck 1111 was. <laughs> so our publisher, New Page Books, you know, we were tossing around ideas to do. I said, I want to write with this guy that I've been talking to a lot in the paranormal field. And we had some other ideas, and they said, well, why don't you guys write about the 1111 phenomenon? <laughs> you know, we, we talked to each other privately. We're like, what? <laughs> what? Huh? <laughs> what? And so... As soon as we started looking into it, it was like, oh, my God, you know, why haven't I had I had my own time prompt of 333, but I never thought there was this big phenomenon about 1111. And so there was. <laughs> so we wrote the book and that is our most popular book uh, as a team. And it just sort of morphed into a book about the sort of paranormal nature of numbers and mathematics and, mm-hmm. you know, really it's the language of the universe and how spooky it can be. Mm. Um, so it was, it was interesting. It was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And since then, you know, we've found some really cool new things, which I'm not going to give away <laughs> uh, about the whole phenomenon that are a little bit different sure. and actually um, some things about the brain that kind of lend itself to, you know, more meaning behind why we have these time prompts. So, but that, and and I have to say that I've been really lucky that I have had publishers that have, you know, not just taken my ideas and yeah, go ahead, you know, here's the deal, but come to me and said, you know, what do you think about writing this? Hmm. And um, another one was, 2013 end of days or a new beginning which was it i which was my version of the whole 2012 thing yeah that was my that was my best-selling book that book sold like crazy mm-hmm. but that was you know again that was something where my publisher came and said what do you think about this so the so i'm working with a new publisher visible ink press and i did um my first book with them was Demons, the Devil, and Fallen Angels. Oh. Now, that's not a book that I would have chosen to write. <laughs> I would have been terrified. You know, I was like, "That's I'm not going there. Um, but they asked me to do it, and it ended up being a really mind-blowing experience to learn everything that I did. And after that, I, I have a a second book with them, a disaster survival manual. How different can you get? So that's coming out in September. Yeah, that was my idea. (laughs) That was my idea. So we're kind of going, and then they came up with, well, I mean, we need that. We need as many survival manuals as we can get. (laughs) Is it like a zombie apocalypse survival guide? Because I'm all over that. It's, I mentioned that. Yeah, that's mentioned. (laughs) But it's really cool because I'm trained and all that stuff. But then, like, the next book, they came to me. Will you do this celebrity ghost, you know, famous ghost, like 
Elvis and Marilyn Monroe. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of like, oh, gosh, hasn't that been done a lot? But, you know, it was funny because and they wanted, like, famous locations. And I looked around and I thought, well, there's a lot of books, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write the most comprehensive thing that I can possibly write. Uh, it's going to have everything. Right. <laughs> so, you know, it's really cool as a writer to be able to not just do your own ideas, but have publishers think highly enough of you to say, mm-hmm. you know, here, we want somebody. We're coming to you to do That's this. Sweet. Nice. Is yeah. Jane Mansfield? Is Jane Mansfield in that book? Yes. Nope. Oh, she has a. She's not only in the celebrity book. She's in my demon book. Did you know that she hung out with Satanists? She was no. crazy. No, I did yeah, not. Yeah, she hung out that. with. Uh, she was actually a member, I believe, uh, along with a lot of celebrities uh, of the Church of Satan. Mm-hmm. Oh my God! Um, and what? No, really, I never knew yeah, that. Yeah, but what's interesting? I know you know Sammy Davis Jr. Oh. Um, there were quite a few, and really, what was interesting about it is that the Church of Satan was really just sort of. Uh, they didn't do you know they didn't sacrifice animals or children or any That's of those things. They were about <laughs> um, you know speaking out against authority. Uh, rebelling against the establishment, um, ah. hedonism and pleasure, including sexual pleasure, uh, okay. if you want to, you know, do drugs, whatever. But it's, but it's really weird because in writing the demon book, I actually knew some people from the Church of Satan because when I wrote science, I was on a few radio shows because I was being attacked by religious fundamentalists for suggesting, oh yeah, it got really hairy, Wow! uh, for suggesting that God could could just be, you know, a a force of of consciousness or nature, like the Star Wars, the force, Mm -hmm. you know, talking about it in scientific terms. I got so much hell and I was on coast to coast. And apparently a lot of people who were Satanists heard me mm. <laughs> and started contacting me, emailing, saying, you know, that's what we believe, mm. that all of the forces of nature, uh, you know, that that's what is the creative, generative, and destructive uh, forces behind everything that, that is in existence. And it was really kind of a wake-up call. It almost sounds because, like not, not Satan, but, but uh, pagan. Right in it, the it, earth, it the is. Elves, you know, it is. But whereas, like pagans are really focused on celebrating nature, nature and right. you know, um, Satanists, true Satanists. Now there are the extremists, just like with any religion. But right. true Satanists are focused on the pleasure of the self, wow. uh, without hurting anyone else. Their their credo really is sort of. You know, don't harm anybody else, but hey, go out and have a good time. <laughs> but really rebelling against authority because yeah. Satan, you know, was booted out of heaven as a fallen angel right. for daring to believe that he might know as much as God. So that's what the basis of it is. And it was really interesting to learn where all these things originated and how they got distorted into something evil, which really was uh, the Catholic Church. You know, I hate to say it, but um, so so when I write books, like people think you have to know a lot about a subject to write a book. 
-hmm. But half of writing a book is you exploring and learning and researching. Then you sit down and you share everything you learned. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that was that. That's the fun part. Hmm. Like, okay, I'm going to ask you guys a question. Okay. Because this new, I asked my son and we're both stumped. So the celebrity ghost book that I'm working on. All right. Okay. So when you hear about just like somebody with a haunted house or their Aunt Martha is haunting, you know, her old house, that's one location. So a lot of these celebrity ghosts are seen in many different locations and often at the same time. So, for example, Jim Morrison has been reported to haunt the apartment building in uh, Paris that he Mm -hmm. died in. The graveyard where he's buried, Mm -hmm. the studio where he recorded, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. and and Elvis is like, he haunts Graceland. He haunts um, the recording studio. I forgot the name of it. Oh, it's a really famous studio. Mm. He haunts a Burger King that he (laughs) often wants you to eat. So, yeah, so my son and I were like, all right, so what's going on here? Well, I mean, you think about ghosts just traveling, or are these people seeing what they want to see? Parallel, what what do you think is going on here? I mean, you think about it. I mean, you look at we we discussed this before, and actually on the international for Steve Pass and myself, and and you know, you look at Mary Queen of Scots, who is haunts dozens of places in the UK, and but I pose the question: is how often is the Mary Queen of Scots seen in South Dakota? So very yeah, few. No so, kidding, huh? Yeah. So why do we see those particular mm-hmm. ones? I mean, I think it's more. Well, it could be actually two phases. Either one, we see what we want to see, and two, it, not saying that a spirit is there, but they may also um, mm-hmm. appear as you want them to appear. I mean, that's always been the. The, the the thing uh, from mediums and and also just look at the Catholic Church. Why does the Ouija board evil? Because who you're talking to may not be who they say they are, and and that's right. So I think that's part of the phenomena is that spirit can be pretty much who they want to be, and uh, they do that. In other words, if you're looking for the Mary Queen's God, I'm going here because. Uh, Mary Queen Scots used to hang out here. Oh my God! Look, this you're this, expecting it, you're right? Expecting you're, it's an expectation. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. actually, we've we got the tunes, so we have to take a break right now. You listen to Ghost Chronicles, okay. Next Generation with Ron Kolick and Ann Kerrigan. Our special guest is Marie D. Jones. We'll be right back after the following messages. Hello, hello. Can you hear me? My name is Harry Price. I am speaking to you via the medium of the Ghost Box. Many of you will know I carried out the first live radio broadcast from Haunted House way back in 1936 for the BBC. Now, thanks to the wonders of modern technology, I am still able to keep abreast of 21st century ghost hunting by listening to Ghost Chronicles International on Togginet, Para-X Radio, The Ghost Channel, and even on something called a podcast. Two splendid chaps host it. One is an American who calls himself New England's own Van Helsing although I have discovered his real name is Ron Kolek. The other is Stephen Parsons, and he's a paranormal scientist. Well, mustache, I'm required elsewhere on something called a K2, 
But don't forget, I'll be listening in every Tuesday from 8 o'clock in Great Britain and 3 o'clock on the American Eastern Seaboard. I trust you will join me there. Feel the need to do some soul searching or make some changes in your life to create a more positive future? Then Circles of Wisdom is just the place for you. Circles of Wisdom is a metaphysical bookstore and more, located on Route 28 in downtown Andover, Massachusetts. We carry a large selection of books and music, crystals and gemstones, jewelry and gifts, sage, aromatherapy, and so much more, all in a relaxing and welcoming atmosphere. We offer classes on a variety of topics like yoga, Reiki, psychic development, alternative healing, and personal transformation. For guidance on this journey we call life, get a reading from one of our many readers at Circles of Wisdom, 90 Main Street in downtown Andover, right next to Bertucci's. Call us at 978-474-8010 or check us out on the web at www.circlesofwisdom.com. Lots to see and do in a feel-good place, an oasis in this hectic world. Welcome back to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with Ron and Ian and our special guest this evening, Marie D. Jones. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) And we have we have a whole bunch of questions, Marie, in the um, in the chat room on Togi. So, if I can uh, throw a couple at you, Um, sure. We're going to go back. Run me the easy ones. (laughs) Oh no 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 no. Well, so early on, John asked a question about human subconsciousness, Um, Mm -hmm. and I'm not sure exactly where he's going. I think he's saying he he doesn't understand it. Human subconsciousness? Right. Okay. The subconscious? Okay. Um, So your mind has several levels to it. It has conscious awareness, which is... The part of your mind that is analytical, that processes what your five senses take in, awake, aware, your normal waking state. Um, The deeper, more powerful part of your mind is the subconscious. In in my research, I have learned that approximately 90% of your thoughts, behaviors, patterns, personality traits come from programming that is embedded in your subconscious Mm. and we're at times we're totally unaware of it because the subconscious doesn't always you know want to give it up give up the good so easily so that's why habits and addictions become so hard to break because even though consciously you might be trying to change something like your weight or stop smoking or whatever your subconscious is still programmed to hang on to that. Then there's a deeper part of the human mind called the collective unconscious. Some people have even referred to it as, you know, the sort of God consciousness where we are sort of universally connected to everybody else. Um, This is sort of the, the common thought process that processes that come up in every human being archetypes. This is the realm of symbols and archetypes. Some people say there's a fourth level 
called superconscious, and that is a higher state of awareness, like if you're meditating or you're a yogi who has reached enlightenment. But of the levels, the most powerful one is the subconscious. And I've written a lot about it because I think that, it, it you know, we like to think that we are consciously aware of reality, but the truth is most of our reality that we perceive through our eyes even comes from programming in the subconscious. Um, hmm. And it's very difficult to, to change. Wow. So, yeah, that's a really cool subject. But listen, man, if you have any problems in your life that won't go away, you could blame it on your subconscious. <laughs> yeah, there you go. My, my wife usually blames it on me, so that solves the problem. <laughs> well, yeah. th- thank you, John. That, that was a, a great question. Uh, so our next question is from Amanda, and she said, is there any relationship between ghosts and aliens? Oh, my gosh, I'm always asking my ghost people and my alien people. And so, I mean, there are people that will say that all that stuff, it can be manifestations of the same thing. But I don't agree with that because ghosts show up in a very specific form, you know, whether you're talking about something that that is a fully formed apparition or just a sort of something fuzzy. Aliens are a whole different ballgame. And then you've got cryptids and so, but here's where they connect. This is so exciting. This is what I love more than anything to study and research and talk about and write about. More and more, we are seeing possible evidence that all of this stuff is more interdimensional in nature than something that originates here on our planet, so to speak. Um, And the fact that it is interdimensional can explain why paranormal phenomena is so erratic, inconsistent, Mm -hmm. why one person can perceive it in standing in a room and the person next to him or her doesn't, um, because we all, you know, if something is coming to us from another reality, another dimension, I don't think we're all hardwired to be able to perceive it the same. Just like some of us are better at, um, you know, listening to music and then be able to go sit down on piano and play off, off just hearing it. What is that? Playing by ear. Mm-hmm. Some, we all perceive color a little bit differently. We, we all think red is red, but guess what? Because of the ways that our eyes and brains are, you know, we're all just a little tiny bit different. So that's the connection that... <laughs> Maybe ghosts, maybe there are 20 different kinds of ghosts rather than just the old school way of thinking in the paranormal field, that all ghosts were the spiritual essence of dead people that hung around in this world, in this reality, in this dimension, in our, whatever you want to call it. But maybe instead, could some of these ghost sightings be people who are alive in another, in a parallel universe, Ooh. in an alternate timeline. You know, people mm. say they see ghosts wearing Victorian clothing. And mm-hmm. they say, oh, it's an imprint. But, you, but you, they're not able to explain to me scientifically how that imprint manifests physically right. so you, that your eyes can see it. But it might even make more sense that we are seeing, we get little glimpses of another time, uh, an alternate timeline where the Victorian era is happening now in so that like time, time slip. you know? 
in time slips exactly exactly right. you know, so that but, stuff is so exciting you know <laughs> yeah marie we also but then we have the phenomena of which i guess could be explained as well for instance doppelgangers where we see the same person in two locations and uh by location like uh, padre pio and uh you know stephen stalin was seen in several locations at once yeah, and I'm sure that, okay, so theoretical physicists tell us that they're pretty sure, even though they, you know, they may not have definitively proven it, but they're pretty sure that there is such a thing as parallel universes, and there could be an infinite number of them, and you could exist in an infinite number of them. Oh, God. So, oh, when no. you see a doppelganger, or even think mm-hmm. about deja vu. Think about deja vu. Oh, deja vu. It's a slip of the memory. Well, it's not. That's actually been proven. It's not. It's a whole different ballgame. Possibly is deja vu. You experiencing you in another universe where the timeline is a fraction of a second off from the one here. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. And the thing is that our minds are not, our brains are not equipped to focus in on these other worlds or realities all the time. Because if if we were, we wouldn't be able to function in one. You know, we'd go crazy. Mm -hmm. But we are able to get little snippets of a sighting of a ghost or, you know, a, a lot of UFO sightings. The way that people report them, they sound like they're not physically flying across the sky and then flying back to zeta reticuli people will say things like it appeared there was static and it appeared just like a projection on a movie screen and then it disappeared just as quickly you know it didn't shoot across the sky going back up to wherever it came from cryptids are often cited that way you know the the big black dog with red eyes just appeared before my husband and i were out walking our chihuahua (laughs) and then we heard like a sizzling sound and sometimes they smell sulfur and then it just sort of popped out of existence like Mm -hmm. an electrical pop so yeah that to me is where the field is going Mm -hmm. um and those are the links between all this phenomena is where might they be coming from and are there more types of ghosts than we thought there were? Not just one, not just the usual Aunt Martha, you know, haunting right. her house. She doesn't want to leave. She's everywhere. But, <laughs> right, but uh, a whole bunch of different, you know, imprints and and um, actual physical ghosts in this reality. But then also the idea that we are seeing living beings mm-hmm. that, you know, after they die, well, they're not dead in that universe. <laughs> Right, right. And think about like with deja vu, vu, when you talk about your mind can't, you can't can't handle it, it can't grasp it. And when you have deja vu, usually, (laughs) so what happens? It stops you in your tracks. You're like, huh? Yeah. Um, And someone will say, well, what's the matter? And you're like, um... I I feel like I've done this before. So I mean, it literally it it stopped it stopped your brain. You're like whoom, like you hit a wall. So I I totally get that. Yeah, and and often it's precognitive. So often when you have deja vu, you can you can predict what the person that you're with. You know, oh I've I've 
sat there and had this conversation with you before. But you can predict what they're going to say a fraction of a fraction of a second before they say it. That is a precognitive experience. Some people, it's even more pronounced. You know, some people have deja vu that's accompanied by a past life vision or they see the future or they remote view or whatever. It's almost like, you know how they say marijuana is the gateway drug, but to me, I think deja vu is a gateway experience experience. to all other kinds of paranormal (laughs) stuff. (laughs) Awesome. The gateway drug. We can put that on a t-shirt, I think. <laughs> I know. Deja vu is a gateway experience. The gateway oh my god! Of the brain. <laughs> that is funny. Oh, you have to. All right, next you have to market T-shirts. That's your next. That's your next calling. Oh my god, that's funny. Oh, and I, I have another. So I have another question. Um, this okay. one is from Lightning Bug, I believe. Uh, he said, Ah. Uh, I think we were talking about the spirits being in all these different places. And he said, what if these spirits dimensionally shift from location to location? And I think that's what you are leaning towards. I'm not sure. Uh, It has to be something because, you know, I'm like, you know, oh, the ghost of Frank Sinatra was here, 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 here. It's like, (laughs) wait a second. What's going on? And it's funny because I don't know why I never thought about that before until I wrote this book. But it really, you know, and and like you guys were saying, if somebody's famous and you go to places that they visited, because we all know famous people, we all know what they look like, we all know, we think we know who they were as human beings um, through whatever, you know, movies, TV, whatever. And so maybe that expectation is a trigger, because I'm not saying people are making it up. To me, again, we have to broaden the scope of how we think this stuff manifests. It may not just be manifesting physically. It also may include some things that are going on within the human when we're the observer. So our consciousness has something to do with this. And I read something really cool. I learned the brain has this little cluster of nerves at the base of the um, brainstem called the RAS the reticular activating system. Okay, I've never heard anybody write about this in terms of the paranormal. Hmm. Um, so I, I'm, I may, but it was so exciting because somebody pointed this out to me in a different, uh, you know, for a different discussion. Mm-hmm. What it does is it all of the like. Apparently, every moment of the day, our brains are bombarded with millions and millions of bits of information. But our brains only process a minute amount of that, maybe even just 40 bits out of, say, 400 million, if you can even imagine that. Mm. These are some of the statistics I heard. The RAS is like a little filter, and what it does is it filters out everything that is really not important to your day-to-day survival until it becomes important. So, for example, let's say... You want to go buy um, a purple raincoat with pink dots on it because you don't know anybody that has one and you want to be different. You go to the store, you buy one, you wear it out proudly, it's raining, and you look around and there's five other people wearing a purple raincoat with pink dots. Did (laughs) they just appear out of nowhere? No. They were there all the time, but you never had the need or the reason to notice them. 
Now your reticular activating system has given you a reason to perceive everybody on the planet wearing. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe, you know, to most people, a pair of the, the ghosts or aliens or whatever are not really important to them until they hear somebody say, oh, I saw one. Right. Then all of a sudden, now their reticular activating system kind of makes that have more importance than usual. Hmm. And so their brains start to open up to the possibility of perceiving it, of seeing it and experiencing it, whereas before it was locked out. It's like, no, no, I'm, I got enough information I'm dealing with. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I find this so fascinating because, again, it shows how we internally may be interacting with external forces to make this stuff manifest. Hmm. That's, that is really interesting. I mean, I, I, and I agree with that. Like, like you buy, it's like anything else. Like you could buy a raincoat, you could buy a new car and yeah, you know, we brought, we bought, you know, a few years back, a gray Chevy Silverado, you know, pickup truck. And I see them everywhere. Everywhere, right. everywhere. Yeah, I'm like, does everybody you. <laughs> have the same truck as me? And it's no, so true. Backing in a blue one. <laughs> yeah. And I always want yeah. a red car or a blue car, and they never have them. You know. So, anyways, I digress. And that's your RAS. <laughs> that's this little tiny cluster at the base of your brainstem that makes this decision. Yeah. It, it literally it. It's also like a GPS system because it hones in on <laughs> it, things that are important to you so that you cancel out every all the other clutter and noise coming at you. Mm-hmm. And obviously that we need this to be able to focus and pay attention to certain things so that we can, you know, survive. It is like a survival mechanism. But then I'm thinking, wow, okay, so how many of us walk around and the 40 bits of information that we're deciding to perceive are blocking out ghosts and apparitions and all kinds of stuff going on around us, but we're not, we're not focused on it. We're not paying attention. Our brains are not opened up enough to take that stuff in because it's not important to us until it becomes important to us. And that's kind of mind-blowing. It means that maybe, you know, maybe it is mind-blowing. It is. Yeah, that could be why, because I've been in some allegedly haunted locations, and I've seen people say, well, I see it, and the next person, I don't. You know, I feel it, the next person, I don't. And and I'm thinking, well, it's either there or it's not, mm. but this is telling me that we have something to do with this, too. Right. Otherwise, everybody would see it. Right, personal everybody experience. Everybody would feel it. Personal yeah. experience. So I think, <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's kind of cool to think, you know. So now if I can somehow expand my focus to, okay, ghosts, if you're out there, come <laughs> <laughs> on. Yeah, okay. but that's just one of the yeah. things that I'm excited about now for oh, the paranormal. Yes. I can so. tell. <laughs> I know. So we a, we, you, see, you're passionate. You're excited. It's awesome. I love that. I love so we have another, we have a really deep question from Stephen Scott. Okay. So he says, uh, Marie, have you ever encountered during Deja Vu, the risk is you mention it to the people you're with 
And therefore, in doing so, you change, it changes the original experience, and you have then altered what the future should have been. Is it still going to happen? I don't know if that, any of that makes sense. Well, okay. Yeah, it is still going to happen. It's like midnight but, hits but, time, so what can I say? Because you're, you're stuck in this universe, in this reality, but what you're seeing through the deja vu is something going on in another one. So that has its own trajectory that I'm, and I'm not sure, you know, I can't answer this with all certainty, but I, my feeling is if you're getting a little, you know, and usually deja vu usually lasts only two or three seconds. It feels longer, right. but in clinical studies where they've actually triggered deja vu, cause they do know, you know, the parts of the brain that are associated with it. Um, it, it doesn't last very long. So say you're getting a glimpse of you talking to Joe in another reality that's, you know, a fraction of a second ahead or behind. Well, that, whatever's going on there is going to go off on its own trajectory. Not, you know, here it might change, but I don't think it would change what you're experiencing over there. It's almost like you're split. Mm-hmm. You know, now you're split. But I could be wrong because a lot of people say that even if we were to exist in other realities, the minute that we observe something, we change it. That's the observer effect. Mm-hmm. And that happens at the quantum level and, and, you know, possibly it's happening on the grander scale. So, yeah, you know, that could be true. Yeah, the problem that- is... When you have deja vu, you know, the minute, if you, have you guys noticed that the minute you become aware of it, it stops? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Which is such a bummer because you want to extend <laughs> it, like let it play out. Okay. Yeah, you have written, I mean, so many books. and The other one was about destiny and choice. And I've always believed that we, in our own infiniteness, uh, choose our own destiny, and it's not done consciously. It's it's done subconsciously. It's done by minute uh, decisions we make every day that puts us on a certain path that leads you to another path. It's just like a giant switchboard. Every right. little decision yeah, we make effect and, right. moves us to some place to some place, and uh, it, it, you know, it's not like we were destined to do it. It's, it's decisions that we made and, and not saying that's good or bad. I'm just saying those were decisions that we made as part of our normal existence. And unfortunately, sometimes it has bad results and sometimes it has good results. Yeah, I think it's, you know, for me personally, I feel like it both are at play. So let's, you know, from the time that I was really young, I knew I was going to be a writer. I I feel like that was my destiny. Mm -hmm. But yet at any time along my life, I could have made the choice to become a surgeon uh, and just deny my. And and this is what's really interesting. The times in my life when I did kind of think, oh, my God, you know, I'm never going to make a living as a writer. I just need to do something else. I was really miserable, you know, mm-hmm. it, it, it didn't feel right. Mm-hmm. And so, so that, that's kind of like a blend of the two where maybe, you know, your destiny is what you feel like you're, you should be or want to be doing, but you have the choice 
to not do it or to do it in a different way. Your destiny could be going to Hawaii for vacation next year. Mm-hmm. You've got different ways. It you won't be there. You know, super <laughs> volcanoes. Yeah. Oh, I know. I saw that. Right. Oh my God. Okay, so you might go. You might want to go to San Francisco. Well, hey, I don't know. Well, I don't know about that. <laughs> That's too close. It's too well, close. Pick a place. You could drive there. You could take a boat. You could ride a horse there. You could walk there. You could take a plane. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. Uh, But, I mean, your destiny is the same destination, but there's a million different ways to get there, and there's also making the choice to not go at all. So that's kind of interesting one. But, you know, there's a lot of people who feel like we came here with a, a sole plan, you know. Right. Here's what I came here to do. And <laughs> sometimes I feel that way, and sometimes I feel like, oh, geez, my whole life is a crapshoot, you know. Right. Let me roll these <laughs> dice and see what happens. Yeah, I feel like that every day. The, the, destiny, <laughs> part of, the destiny part of this, what you're doing is is you're, you're really not owning up to your, that you have free choice. And I think that's the one thing that, you know, keeps us separate from all other creatures right. is our free yeah. choice. And, and you, you know, can define destiny as just using the talents and skills that you really, you know, that you want to express. And when you don't use them, you feel like you're off your path. So do you think that the, you know, uh, the greater consciousness or, or the Akashic records uh, are come to play into this little game that we're doing? I would like to think so. <laughs> you know what? Honestly, I'm I ride the fence because I've had a lot of experiences that tell me yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had a lot of times in my life where I felt like it was just me winging it. Mm-hmm. But I kind of lean towards that there is a, a larger consciousness, that there is a, a force at play. It's not a person. Oh, um, to me, it's a neutral force that you can either use to, for, you know, good or, or not good or benefit mm-hmm. or disadvantage or, you know, you can align yourself with or you can ignore. Well, I, I, hate to, in that direction. I hate to tell you this, but that was the doorbell, which means pizza from the dead is here. So we have to yes. wrap it up. Wow. So, oh, you're not going to share. No. <laughs> I know, and I could listen to Marie. Okay, I could listen to this woman power, talk all night. All right. You want the power with the brains or, or the eyeballs? Uh, yeah, it's up to you. Right? Uh, and but, I and I okay. I have to throw in here. Stephen Scott says thank you very much, Marie, for answering that answering that question for him. Oh, well, tell him you're welcome. I hope you answered it intelligently. <laughs> Thank you for answering all of them, but we, we yes. do have to go. And I do have to mention, turn in Thank on five five fifty five for uh, 5 minutes and 55 seconds to take part in the Worldwide EVP Experiment. Uh, go to my Facebook, Ronald Kowick, on May 5th at 5.55, and tune in and be part of all of this. And, Marie, we want to thank you so much for joining us. Oh, uh, yes, show. it was awesome. Thank yeah. you so much. Thank you. One by so quick. It did. It, it, it did. does. Absolutely. That's why I love the paranormal. There's so much you can talk about and so many theories. There is. Oh, and goodness. everything. And if you like different things, by the way, you can uh, also join us at uh, Spirit Quest this year on September 29th, uh, no, 28th, 29th, and 30th, of course. And we'll be we, Spirit Quest in search of, and we'll be looking at everything from Bigfoot to uh, uh, quantum spoon bending to crystal skulls to ghosts to you name it. It'll be there. The whole shebang. <laughs> right. Yeah, Ray, anything all, you want to add quickly? 
you going to be anywhere or do anything that you want to um, tell somebody? I just, you know, the next paranormal book will be out early next year, Celebrity Ghosts and Notorious Hauntings. Um, oh, gosh, what else? My Disaster Guide will be out in September. Awesome. And that's all I can think of. <laughs> all right. When, the, uh, when the, they come out, you know, give us a, a message and we'll have you back on the show. Yes. I would love to come back. Let's do that for sure. Absolutely. So we do have to wrap it up, and we want to thank everybody for listening and those who are listening also on iTunes and on podcasts. And until next time, good night and God bless. Good night. Thanks for listening, everybody. to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us, good Lord.